All right, guys, welcome to episode 93 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week, we talk about Turning Red, a Pixar film that got sent straight to Disney+. Plus. Mm. Um, we talk about uh, Game Theory with Bamani Jones. Uh, we talk about the uh, dark rom-com thriller drama suspense noir Dramedy. film. Uh, <laughs> worst person in the world. Uh, we talk about our NCAA tournament brackets, and you know we we have our hard brackets and our and our brain brackets, uh, and the brain brackets useless because I don't have enough knowledge of the season. <laughs> uh, but and then lastly, we touch on some brief uh, NFL news, including the unretirement of one goat, uh, and and how this man's gonna just fucking play till he dies. But first. <laughs> things you've been doing lately mm-hmm. i'm gonna start yeah. off with a with a couple because they're pretty short um the i mentioned i bought the steering wheel and it had just come in and i hadn't had a chance to put it together yet yeah um last episode it's fucking dope uh it's 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 hilarious how much it's like a distinct advantage like as mm-hmm. i'm going around a corner like, you can feel the steering wheel start to kick a little bit, and you're like, oh, I'm losing traction. And so, yeah. like, also, it's got 900 degrees, like, steering, so that's, what, two and a half turns? Yeah. So, like, you can, an analog stick can only go so far, right? You know what I mean? Like, right, you only right. You have so much, like, fine-tuned adjustment in your thumb between mm-hmm. all the way left and just a little. So, um, either way, like, it's, I think it's more immersive, and also, like, it's better. So, um, I was super happy with that. The other thing I was going to touch on was mm-hmm. uh, I've been playing a bunch more Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Um, the game mm-hmm. on the phone. The phone, yeah. That shit is still kicking the dog shit out of me. Like, I haven't gotten... It's weird. I've been playing it a lot more, but I'm also playing it very slowly. Um, so, uh, I'm still not out of the beginning part. Um, but it's it's definitely getting more fun. Like my people are starting to become more specialized, and it's starting to get a little easier and be a little more fun. But um, it's still definitely tough. It's still a tough game so far. So okay. that's all I wanted to touch on with those two things. That's, nice, uh, nice. What I've been playing recently. Nice, thanks. Um, so what have you been playing or watching recently? Yeah. So um, I have uh, two things this week. Both movies. Both uh, one of them came out recently, and one of them I think has been out for a good bit. Uh, but I'll start with the new one, since I think that's the one that most people have access to, and that's uh, Turning Red, okay. which is the new uh, Pixar movie um, that was supposed to come out in theaters this past Friday, and it, they just moved it directly to Disney+, Plus, um, mm. kind of like what they did with um, Luca, <clears throat> and well, and Soul as well, but Soul, that was you know in the middle of, of COVID, so that made sense, but Luca last summer, they just moved it to Disney+, Plus, and that sucked, I wish they would have put it out, but anyway, so this is... Again, another Pixar movie that they pushed to Disney+. Plus. Um, so it didn't get a theatrical release at all? No. Mm-mm. 
Damn. No, no, yeah, yeah, they, which is weird because, well, you know, for Encanto, they did a theatrical release, but I don't think they even re- they didn't like give it enough of a push, and then they just immediately moved it to Disney Plus within like a month. So I think if you ask most people, most like just like the layperson, they'd be like, oh, Encanto, oh yeah, that was on Disney Plus from the start, but it actually wasn't, right? Um, and so then, yeah, so they they put it on this Friday. And I watched it, and it was fantastic. I really, really liked it. Um, so the story is um, about this girl named May, and she lives in Toronto in, like, uh, I think it's, like, 2002. or Yeah, 2002. <clears throat> and she's, like, a preteen. And then one day, she... It's pretty much like a, like a puberty parable. Uh, right. Parable, uh, um, fable, where she, like, wakes up, and she's, like, a giant red panda. And then she's okay. like, oh my gosh, like, what happened? And then she realizes that anytime that she gets super emotional or she lets the, her emotions take over her, she becomes this, like, red panda. And then she discovers that it's, like, an old family secret. And then now she has to re- <clears throat> figure out how to, you know, be a, a normal preteen, but then also have this, like, weird power or weird, like, I guess, family curse. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, but yeah, the, the animation is absolutely beautiful. Like, I mean, of course, you know, with Pixar. But I think this is an example of something that I had talked about, I think, last year when when Raya and The Last Dragon came out, where I said, you know, Disney, like, it, like, it just looks crazy real. Because that one was in theaters, and I went to see that one with Sydney in theaters. Not just, like, insane, especially in, like, projected on a big screen. Right. But I said that, you know, even, like, a shitty studio now like some shit that is ends up on netflix or something they can put out something that looks really really good but what's going to win the day and what's going to get people to notice now because we've sort of turned the corner on that is a specific art style right Right. like a specific look being i think specifically being stylized heavily you know what i mean like having something and then just absolutely fucking going for it and nailing it not necessarily um just not just nailing it but how far out you go while still nailing it i think right exactly i can put that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and this is exactly that like this um definitely has influences of like like anime influences you can see like specific and uh, animation styles it's very bright but it's like this weird like um like cloudy cartoony bright um you know nothing is uber realistic because if they could pixar could make a movie that's like as real as life right they had a short called what was the short called it was a piper a couple years back even yeah piper and i think that that, even that thing is like i want to say like 2014 or 2015 but if you look it up on youtube it's about this little bird that's at the beach and it's like those little birds that like run out when the beach when the water goes away they like run up and then when the wave prime's crashing back they like run back toward the beach. It's like mm-hmm. a story about those and it's fucking nuts, dude. So they could do that now if they wanted to because it's been like six or seven years since then. Mm-hmm. But the animation here is insane, like just like the detail and they could cakewalk through anything that looks super realistic. But I think their specific flares that they put on the animation here is really um, noticeable and. Um, the music's great, um, uh, because it's, it's, um, the score is by the guy who did Black Panther and The Mandalorian, and okay. I forget what else he's done. He did, uh, he actually started with, um, with Community, and then he went from there, he jumped to everything else. But yeah, but the dude, yeah, the score is insane, and, um, <clears throat> and for the, the, so she's like a young teen, you know, preteen in the early 2000s, so she's into, like, boy bands and stuff, 
And the boy band music actually isn't like horrific. It's actually like it's like what it would sound like then, but like good versions of that. Right. Um, and I think um, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas, they're the ones who did the music for that. Oh, okay. um, but I think, mm-hmm, yeah, but I think, yeah, I, I think if you, I really enjoyed it. I think if you're somebody who has a preteen daughter or like has a daughter at all or, you know, remembers being a preteen uh, girl, I think this, you, you find a lot to relate. I mean, even if you're not, you could relate to a lot of stuff, especially like growing up and, and having you know, parents who maybe were a little bit, not helicoptery, but maybe just a little bit more focused and trying to keep you safe. Like basically, like Marlon and Finding Nemo early on when he's like super protective of Nemo. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's. I mean, between this Luca and Soul, I hate that none of them are in theaters because I think all three of them are like some of the best stuff they've done in it. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think it's the best, probably the best streak of stuff they've done probably since like. I want to say since Wally up and Toy Story three because even after that they've had a couple of good ones you know they've had like Inside Out but then they also had like Monsters University which I think is fine and then they had um, Incredibles two which I thought was you know pretty good but then they also had the Good Dinosaur which I heard wasn't very good and they had like Cars three which is fine but then they have Cars two which sucked so they've kind of been up and down and I think this last these last three this little streak that they're on is like on par with the streak that they had in the late two thousands you know. Right. Um, yeah, and then next up, they have, uh, Lightyear, the Lightyear I don't know what to of make it. of that movie. That seems like, that seems like such a harebrained, like, uh, who is your target audience? Like, I, I just don't, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like what are we going for here? Because not even the toy, yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird, like, yeah. okay, like, I guess, like. <laughs> It's like, let's guess... take a beloved character and make it about not quite him, but... <laughs> it's like the story that the, that the toy would have been based on, yeah. you know? What the fuck? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that one's still, uh, you know, on track for, I think, a June theater- theatrical release. I think that one being... I mean, the other, the last three weren't sequels. They were all original movies, which is fucking awesome. Um... But this one's like the first based on... I mean, it's not, you know, a sequel or anything, but it's based on people knowing who the fuck Lightyear is. And I, I can't imagine Disney would want to pass... I know they want to fluff their fucking Disney Plus numbers, but I can't imagine them moving that. Yeah, and that leaving one, that I much like, money on the table. That one, um, I feel like, has to end up in the theater. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's yeah, like, but yeah you, it's like <clears throat> your... I mean, all right, so I don't know. I could be wrong. I feel like it is your... One of your top three most notable fucking... IPs, you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. I'm trying, like, if I had to place it, I would say Lion King, Toy Story, and I'm not sure what I would say the third is. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess like, like Nemo, like, like maybe, like Nemo, Dory or Nemo. I think like more recently Frozen, maybe because Frozen was yeah huge when it came out. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't but know yeah, what happened with Frozen too? No, yeah, definitely, know, and I think well received or not. I think even with just it, it, and then on the just Pixar side, I think Toy Story is definitely the crown jewel, if not The Incredibles. But yeah, I think yeah, there's no way to leave that much money on the table. But um, but yeah, Turning Red is fantastic. It's on Disney Plus. I don't think it's gonna go away. I think it's just like there now. I think just okay. like how you can watch Luca and Soul. I do think Luca is probably the best one of the three, but just by barely. And I think these two are like probably tied. And okay. I mean, it, it, it's it's nuts. Like I said when we reviewed Luca, I think. 
And that's another one that has a very distinct style, but it also looks very realistic. They have these beautiful Italian landscapes and stuff. And I feel like that's the case here, too, where I think somewhere around, like, The Incredibles 2, like, 2018, 2017, they were like, nah, fuck this. Well, no, I would say probably Toy Story, what was the Toy Story 4, right before COVID, 2019. That was, like, the last one that was, like, animated, like, a normal movie. And everything they've done since has been very uh, specifically stylized to, to be basically be like, no, we're going to focus on the story or we're going to have a certain look, you know. Right. Luca is not super realistic. Like, the characters don't look realistic. And then I would say the same here for Turning Red. Um... But uh, but yeah, it's on Disney Plus and it's it's fucking awesome. It's really really good. That Turning Red's good. Luke is fantastic. And Soul's great. I, I'm really excited. I'm hoping that this bodes well for Lightyear. And then I actually don't know what they have next. I don't think I can't imagine. I don't think they have any sequels to anything coming after this. Um, so I'm excited to see what you know what, what come, what's you know coming from Pixar. I hope that they don't. I hope that they, this is the last one that they just put on Disney Plus straight up. I don't think it will be because I know that. Disney's willing to sacrifice sort of the um, the reputation to be like, we got the new Pixar movies, you know, come to Disney Plus for your exclusive Pixar goods, you know? Right. Unfortunately, but uh, but we'll see. But yeah, that's that's uh, turning red. All right. Um, I'll, uh, I'll just briefly talk about uh, something I watched. Um, I actually watched it today mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> on my lunch, which is nice. Um, Game Theory with Bomani Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on HBO Max. Um, I sent you a snippet. Uh, well, it's a little long to call it a snippet. It's like 15 minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, did you get a chance to watch it? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. my God. So, uh, also, this had like the best. <clears throat> All right. So, I think it is. I'm going to say it's my favorite. I'm going to say it's my favorite marketing campaign. Um, it's not. I don't think it's the best because I don't think it would have. It's going to turn people off and also, like, you know, not reach as many people. But, mm-hmm. like, him paying NCAA athletes now that they're finally allowed to get paid to just be oh, like, yeah. shit mm-hmm. on the NCAA. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Um, so, that was great. Uh, I watched the first episode, 35 minutes long, so it was, like, real easy to watch on my lunch. Um, and it was it was pretty good. Uh, that, that last 15 minutes was definitely, like, the highlight of it. Um, and I'm sure, you know, as, as he's doing the show more often, um, he's going to, you know, develop more of like what kind of works, you know what I mean? You, you yeah, feel yeah. Like early on, you're just kind of feeling out like what lands and what doesn't. No, yeah, um, I, I definitely agree. I think that's kind of how, uh, John Oliver's show was. I mean, now at, at this point, he's been doing it since, uh, 2014, I want to say, but, I remember yeah. when he first started his show, he would, um, <clears throat> it was very, I don't know, it was, it, like you said, it was trying to find its feet, but now he can pretty much do it in his sleep, but back then, I remember I watched the first few episodes, or I watched the first episode, and like the first few bits, I was like, well, I don't know about that, and then he finished the last like 20 minutes where he does like his deep dive into something, and I was like, whoa, that was in- something interesting, right. and then by episode four and five, I was telling everybody, I was like, guys, you gotta watch this, like this is completely different, like I was telling everybody about the John Oliver show. And then now it's pretty much like appointment viewing for me every Sunday. So I think it'll be the same for Bomani where, you know, maybe like the first time it's not quite as smooth as it will be later on. Right. Um, he did have, uh, so the 15 minute section I sent ever was mm-hmm. uh, basically, <laughs> it was a uh, museum, um, a pop-up museum they made. And uh, I he, he mentioned on Twitter, like it was a real museum and none of the people that were there were like, 
they were all real people that showed up. Like they weren't, mm-hmm. they were like people off the street that walked in. Um, and it's just an exhibit of how, um, black people have like basically lost to coach K a very long time. And mm-hmm. now coach K is like running legacy is like how white his teams were. Um, yeah. and man, it absolutely fucking killed me. Um, it just it's so many like little like points um they had Jalen Rose just like standing in one section mm-hmm. um because they lost uh, the Fab Five lost to Duke while he was there and they roast Bobby Hurley and the, of course the the thing they end on is like no matter what always remember that Danny Green put his nuts on, on Greg Paul's <laughs> forehead um which was great and then it's you know a picture of it but uh, there's another section slightly before it where um he talks about some scandals that the Cowboys have going on or have had going on. Mm-hmm. Boy, it's a bummer. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I didn't, yeah, I was going to go back and watch it sometime this week, like the full episode, because I do yeah. want to watch it. And I sent that clip you sent me to another friend, and he was like, oh, yeah, I watched it live, and it was pretty great. So, you know, you guys both sending me or talking about it, maybe you want to go back, back uh, and watch it. And I think I still will, but that, I'm just like, oh, no, that's going to suck. Yeah, so one of them I hadn't heard heard about at all, <clears throat> uh, which <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm spoiling it for you, but apparently no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> there's a woman claiming that she is Jerry Jones' daughter and he's been hiding it from the public. And like, Oh, yeah. I did see that. Did she, like, sued him about it? Yeah. I didn't know that was the thing at all. But yeah. he, like, roams the street uh, for a minute and just says, like, I have three scandals for the Cowboys. Two of them are true. One is false. Tell me which one's false. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, it, it's pretty good. So you should definitely go give it a watch. I am. Um, I, I definitely will. I definitely will. And I hope like the I said, show it's does only well. thirty-four minutes. I was worried. Yeah. When I went to start it on lunch, I was worried it was going to be an hour because I get an hour for lunch. So like, mm-hmm. it makes it real tight uh, if something yeah. pops up. But it's thirty-five. So I was like, oh, this is an easy watch. Like I can, I can kind of fit this in whenever. Oh yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I do like that. Um. Well, two things. I like that HBO max lets you download the episodes because that's how i end up watching some of john oliver stuff like i'll be like oh you know let me take it on the road or let me take it you know if i'm waiting for something or if i'm driving over to sydney's and you know i'm waiting for her to finish something you know basically i can download it and watch it on my phone without having to be like oh i gotta get on data or oh i gotta get on wi-fi mm-hmm. so that's nice um and the other thing is that i hope the show does well because i know hbo over the years has had a number of shows for like sports personalities that just haven't really gone anywhere you know um right. Bill Simmons had a show, um, Joe Buck had a show, Bob Costas had a show, all of them on HBO, and I think none of them have really stuck. I think the only one that I know for sure that, you know, still is around and still has stuck is um, Real Sports with Brian Gumble, and that's mm-hmm. been going on since I was a kid. I used to watch that when I was a kid. Um, so I hope it does well, and I hope it, it you know, it, it, it survives and, and it kind of becomes the last week tonight of, of sports shows hopefully yeah the weirdest thing is that like the or not, I, I guess it's not the weirdest thing but like i liked bomani jones a lot um on highly questionable uh and then he had the show he him and pablo torre had their own show uh high noon right high noon yep high noon uh and like that got taken down right or mm-hmm. canceled whatever you call it yeah but then like i was completely confused because i'm like 90 percent sure 90 between 90 and 99 percent sure he still works for espn and i yeah. have a show on hbo <clears throat> and yeah. like 
I, that's such a weird, like, you had a show for the place you work. They canned it. So you just got to show somewhere else, but you still work at that place. Like, I, I, I was thinking that too. Like, I, I when he when he when he started tweeting about it, I was like, "Wait, is he even still at ESPN?" Because usually, when people leave ESPN, they, they'll you know, even if they don't tweet about it, there'll be press releases or like ESPN will say something or like people will tweet about it, like, "Man, I can't believe this guy left this." Like when um, who's the guy who left ESPN for the show? With his dad, uh, uh, Dan, Dan Rickard on yeah. Questionable, yeah, with Ronnie mm-hmm. Jones, yeah. And so when he left, I know you know people were talking about it, like wow, I can't believe ESPN let this guy go and stuff. Um, but I haven't seen anything like that, anything like that for Bomani. So, so I went on his page and I was like, is he still there? Like, is he still at ESPN? Like, what the hell? I'm pretty sure because he he still does the he still has his podcast, The Right Time with Bomani Jones, which is where he has Dominique Foxworth on there <laughs> every Friday and he works for ESPN. And like in between, like in the breaks, he always promotes the other ESPN podcast. So I assume hmm. he still works for ESPN in more than one capacity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'm just like, it's so weird. I feel like if I was ESPN, I'd be like, no, like we tried to like, I don't, I don't know what the fucking rules are. Yeah. But it just seems so awkward. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, cause you know, Joe Buck, um, he had his show too, and he works for Fox. Or I guess now he works for fucking ESPN since uh, ESPN yeah. poached him and Troy uh, or um, Troy yep. Aikman. So, yep. but yeah. So I'm. With that being said, I like Bomani Jones a lot, and uh, I hope this show does really well. Just because I think he's um, very charismatic. Uh, so I, I hope, hopefully, it, it lands and does well, and you know he has a platform for a while. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. Um. Oh, the other thing, briefly, is that there, he does an interview with Stephen A. Smith. That's pretty good. Um, oh, I watched a clip of that where he was talking about, Stephen A. was talking about, is it the enemies bit? Where he's like, you don't want to make an enemy enemy. He's like, uh, he's talking about, he's like, you don't know who. Yeah, he kind of does, yeah. It's like, yeah. That part's like kind of the part where I'm like, okay. But like, it's it's, <laughs> not, it's not bad. It, it, his, I could see how if you just caught that snippet of it, it seems more ridiculous than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Yes, that was part of that interview. So no, I mean, I I, I believe Stephen A. Like, you don't become like the biggest ESPN personality and get all that fucking money if you don't have you know. Yeah, not to tell you everything that happens in the and, show, but that yeah. brief moment, Bomani or you know Stephen A. is talking about how like some people he reports on will not like will come up to him and try and like basically shit on him or bully him into like saying things the way they want it to be said. And, like, his point is, like, look, I've, he's, like, I think he said he's from New York. He's, like, I, I, you've got people that, like, hung around you and are there with you that are, like, kind of narrow dwells. And he's, like, well, so do I. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm not, whatever you say to me right now is going to, is not going to have any sway over how I do what I think. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I, I'm going to report the way I feel like I should report, regardless of what you have to say, because I'm not scared of your people. I got my own people. Right. Um, which is, it, it sounds a little ridiculous, but like it, in the larger scheme of things, it still makes sense. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, but yeah, g- game three with the Bumani Jones, definitely go check out the first episode. I thought it was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out sometime this weekend. Definitely. Good deal. All right. So uh, what's the other thing you've watched? Is yeah. The, the other thing. Two? Yeah. The other thing is uh, another movie. Um, this one is in theaters, and it's what I actually have been hearing about for a while. Um, it's weird because like people were talking about it um, last, like late last year, and it's the worst person in the world. 
and it's a Norwegian movie. And when I first heard about it, people were like, oh my god, it's amazing, it's so good. And I was like, alright, cool, which means that it'll come out in like one or two weeks. And they were like, no, it's going to come out next year. And I was like, wait, but wait, don't they want it for the Oscars this year if it's so good? And so they did. They managed to get it out in terms for Oscars, and it's actually nominated for, I think, foreign language film and for original screenplay. Um, and so it finally came here to the Alamo, and we went to see it, and it is really, really good. Um, it's nice that, you know, both of these movies, I would say, like, yeah, they're good, and I, I don't know if I would say that they're, like, five out of fives. I think there's enough nit, you know, nits to pick at to at, on both of them. I think just slightly, <laughs> like, they prevent it from being five out of five, but this one, I think both this and Turning Red, I think, are four and a half out of fives. Cool. Um, so it's about a woman going through... It's pretty much a coming of age tale, except the woman is twenty. I would say like twenty eight. She basically goes from being twenty eight, and it goes through like her life during an extended period of time, pretty much from like twenty, like twenty eight to like thirty four, thirty three. Okay. And <clears throat> so when I heard that, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be like a drama. It's just gonna be like slow. It's gonna be like sort of you know, Nor- you know it's gonna be like in a European movie." Um, but from the moment it starts, it goes. This movie's gonna be. Uh, 12 chapters, a prologue, and an epilogue. Um, but the chapters are, they, you know, the movie's only two hours. So I was like, okay, they're going to be short. And right. as soon as the prologue starts, it just, like, hits the ground running. It's like, you know, this person did this. She wanted to go. And there's, like, a narration. It's like, this, you know, she Julie wanted to do medical school. But then she realized that that's not what she wanted. And it sort of cuts super fast. And the the, the, the pace is just, like, um, you know, like super quick. And, I mean, the movie keeps it up for the most part. Um, but I think that prologue, I was hooked. I was like, all right, I'm in. Like, I love this tone. I love what it's saying. And the whole story, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, there's there's no really like, um, like I say, like a, like a plot or like a through line. It's just sort of her going through a series of a couple of relationships and like finding herself and, and growing up. And, and the main performance is amazing. I'm surprised that they, the movie was able to make an impact to be nominated for best screenplay in foreign language, but not enough to get best actress because I feel like this is better than some of the best actress nominations that are in the field now. Um, it's um, I texted a friend about it today, and I you know I was like, hey, like you, you know, I think you really like it um, because my well, my friend is a, a she's twenty eight and she's a woman. And I was like, I I really think there's bound to be at least something in here that you're gonna relate to that you're gonna be like, whoa, holy shit! And I think that's that's true for I think anybody between the ages of like I'm saying. 28 and like 34 i think if you're in that in that age age range you're gonna watch this and you'll be like whoa like that's like what i felt or like that's like i had a conversation with that with a relation with a romantic partner or that sounds like a situation i had with my parents so i think it's it's even though it's you know about a woman finding her way in oslo norway in like the mid 2010s i think it does have a very universal theme um and kind of like turning right i think also the same where it's very specific, but I think you can find things that you can relate to, even if you know you're growing up, or if you've passed the age. You know, if you're 45 and you're watching this, you're like, "Damn, I remember being that age and figuring my way around you know, the world." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic, and and I, I, you know, I'm I went to see it with Sydney and a couple friends, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you guys came because I feel like sometimes people hear ah, Norway, Norwegian, like eh, it's gonna be like weirdo, like like yeah. 
European experimental cinema, and there are little bits here and there that do have like a cinematic flair to them. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's it's extremely relatable, and I, I can't imagine anybody being like, "Oh my god, that was so weird!" Or like, "I can't buy it." I did not connect at all. I, I cannot imagine anybody saying that because, like I said, even myself, I was like going, I was like preparing my mind, right? I was like, "All right, this is gonna be like weird European shit. Let's go." Like you have to like sort of frame, change your mind, and you you as the moment you start, you're like, "Oh, wait, no, this is just like." Sort of like a, a normal movie, basically. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's the the worst person in the world. I don't know when and where it'll be streaming. I know um, HBO Max has been pretty good about putting stuff on there. They had like West Side Story and Drive My Car, which is also, you know, both of them are nominated for Best Picture and they were both put on there recently. I don't know if they would also have it. But okay. it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if they, you know, them or Hulu gets it soon. I think, yeah, it, I think it's fantastic and you know if i if i did a top 10 of 2021 this would be on it i mean this is one of the reasons i don't do a top 10 of 2021 movies like i do music but i don't do movies because you know motherfuckers who live in new york or who like are film critics they can watch a movie like this and be like this is the best movie of 2021 and see it in september but then i have to wait until march of the following year to be able to watch it myself and give an opinion on it so that's why i never do that and and I really don't have time to watch all of the 2021 movies. I still, I think I'm missing like two or three of the best picture nominees. So, but yeah, I, I think if I did do a list, this would definitely be on it. I think it would be high on it. Um, but yeah, I think if, if if you get a chance to watch it somewhere, if you're listening and, and you, you know, are near an Alamo or I guess any other sort of big theater that has enough rooms to, to have it, I, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, so uh, looking at... Uh... I was just scrolling. I looked it up and scrolling through a little bit. Um, it seems like it's definitely like. Hmm. I feel like it. It seems like it's maybe not experimental in terms of like how it's shot and like. But I. I feel like. I don't know. I mean, I'm reading. Mm-hmm. It's Wikipedia, but it says uh, the worst person in the world is a 2021 dark romantic comedy drama. I'm like, what? You just threw four fucking random words together. Like, you have no idea how to describe this movie. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, I definitely don't think it was dark. I, I, I really don't. I, I, I mean, I, it's not dark comedy at all. Like, it's not, I never was like, ooh, I can't believe they did that. Like, you know, like, like I can't think of a dark comedy off the top of my head, like, like Fight Club or some shit. Right. It really isn't. I think it's much more yeah. accessible than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly it's like, it, it's, it, it's not trying to fit in a like genre box formula type deal though oh yeah if nothing else you know what i mean i feel like it's probably got its own little um niche that it's kind of shooting for which is Mm -hmm. good um uh you you know it's it's nice to see things that aren't necessarily formulaic and in design uh actually you know be noted noted and noticed across the world Mm -hmm. um and that's you know another example Mm mm-hmm so definitely good on that. Um, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next thing we're going to turn to here is sports, <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. which we're going to start with college basketball because yeah. March Madness is upon us, right? Yeah, March Madness is back. So by the time you're listening to this, you actually Chris Brown will have already done his front flip. Yeah, yeah. We'll already be on the other side of the flip. We'll be at the Sweet Sixteen. So maybe our picks here will be hopefully not like completely wrong but you'll be you know in the thick of it and I, I do love you know we're recording the wednesday before it starts and i love that thursday and friday right because even if i don't watch the games it's fun to be like you know catching up on the scores and be like wow that was close and yeah. then 
excuse me, and then, you know, you might be like, oh, that one ended on a buzz beater. Let me check it out on Twitter. Oh, shit. You know, and you're like, during work, you can check in, and then, you know, you, you pretty much have basketball from noon until midnight. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun. It's, it's like the best two days of of, of the year of um, sports-wise. Um, but yeah, did you get a chance to fill out a bracket, or how, do you usually fill out a bracket? I can't so remember if I, I do asked normally, you that last year. I, I do usually fill out a bracket, but uh, my current issue is that really I just haven't, man, I just have not watched enough college basketball. So, like, I still made a bracket, but I have zero confidence in it, right? Like, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I'm just fucking swinging. Um,. So, with that being said, I'm assuming you have also filled out a bracket, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, and I'm kind of like, I, I mean, I, I watch the I watch Carolina games, um, and I, I watch. Sometimes I try to watch like the big matchups, like if it's like Kansas number four versus Kentucky number seven. I'll be like, oh yeah, let me check it out, right? Um, but I, I usually kind of am able to pick up stuff, sorry, through osmosis. Sort of through osmosis, just from watching the Carolina games. Like people will talk during like the little break, so they'll put like the scores at the bottom. Yeah. But for the most part, I don't really go. Oh my gosh, it's Miami playing. You know this other AC Wake Forest. Let me check it out and let me watch basketball. You know, I right. I, I really don't have time for for that. But yeah, what I know is just basically through osmosis and through you know reading the the little. Uh, I use ESPN. I don't know if you use that, but yeah. they have like a little. You know, next to every matchup, they have, like, a little info button. Yep. You click that, and you kind of get, like, a summary. And I was like, oh, that's all I need. Good enough. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so I guess we'll start with, uh, of course, uh, who do you – actually, you know what we're going to start with first. How far do you have Carolina making it? So, I usually fill out two brackets, right? So, I fill out, like, a realistic <laughs> your one. Your brain like, bracket, your heart bracket, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, the brain bracket, they only – they pretty much run into a wall at Baylor in round two. Because Baylor, the defending champs, they're a number one seed. And I hate that we got the number eight seed because I feel like the season was, I mean, Carolina was the eight seed last year. And I feel like this season was much, was much more successful in terms of, you know, the players, the wins. Although they had a couple of, you know, shitty losses. But I think that was last year too. But maybe it's just because, you know, the COVID and some teams weren't able to make it last year. But anyway, I feel like this year was much better, but we still got stuck with an eight seed. Um, which means that, you know, if they do win their first matchup against nine, they have to play one. So it's like, okay, fuck. Mm-hmm. So my, that's my realistic one. And then, of course, you know, my heart one, they're winning the championship 71-70 <laughs> against Villanova. Payback for 2016. <laughs> Eat shit, Villanova. Bitches. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, that, that's where I have them going. I actually, unfortunately, uh, and, you know, this is, again, uh, with very little... Uh, info or basketball knowledge at this point in the season. Um, I I just have them losing to Marquette right in the first round. Shaka <laughs> uh, smart. My my main problem, you know, again, I, I have the same thing you have as far as like I just kind of pick things up hearing people talk about it. But mm. you know, I don't have it league wide. I just have it for like you know local teams because that's you know what most people talk about that I'm following. Um, mm-hmm. And I just know that you guys have had some real fucking clunkers as games. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Kentucky, they lost by 29. They lost by 17 to Tennessee. It's just like, ugh. Also, when I press the info button, Marquette is 6-6 six and six against top 25 teams, and you guys are 2-4. and four. So not only do they mm-hmm. have more experience against top 25 teams, they have performed better against those top 25 teams. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know you guys have picked it up, I think, a little bit towards the end of the year, right? I think you guys were... 
looking much worse at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like they're, you know, I think I, I might have mentioned this before, but like when they were, um, they went to the championship in 2016 and they lost to Villanova, that team, I think, ended up losing eight games or seven games, either seven or eight games, mm-hmm. but all of them, like all seven games were by a combined 25 points. Right. So what is that, like three, three and a half yeah. points each win, right? Like they would lose to Texas by one because some asshole pushed Marcus Page in the back, or they would lose to Notre Dame by three because some guy made a three at the end and we just didn't get the shot off. Or you right. know, they lost by Villanova at the buzzer by three, right? So every loss was like right there, right? But this team isn't like that. Like, literally, right. if they run into any kind of hardship, like, being down by, like, more than, I want to say, like, nine, they just, just fucking just lose everything. They're soft as baby shit sometimes. <laughs> like, like when they played uh, Virginia Tech last week in the ACC tournament, and they were down by six at half, right? So you go, mm-hmm. okay, six at half, that's not that bad. But I knew it, like, it, it was teetering. And then as soon as the second half starts, they go down by eight, and then by, like, ten. And then before you knew it, it was, like, 19. So... <laughs> Right. Like, they, yeah, they, they they picked it up, and they managed to beat Duke, you know, for Coach K's final game, but I think only because everything broke right for them. I don't think they were ever down by more than five or six in that game. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, if things start to go bad, they're not going to be able to take, you know, if Marquette goes up by 12, like, that's it. It's, like, done. Like, there's no coming back, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, I hope that we can pull it off. But, you know, last year they went – I think it's same, like I said, same seed, and they played Wisconsin at nine, and then Wisconsin just like just fucked them up, and pretty much the same the same way where they were down big early on, and then the the, the winning margin ended up being the same points they were down. So if they would have just kept up, they would have been able to like keep it in the game, but they just fucking got blown out right from the start and never recovered. Right. Yeah. So um, that's the the unfortunate news for Carolina fans is that yeah. uh, you, even. Even your diehard Carolina fans are just assuming probably losing to Baylor. And, uh, it, it, yeah, too. indeed. Unless yeah. Baylor gets upset. <laughs> oh, the yeah. 16th seed. Then you well, guys might was, be sitting pretty. Somebody was saying that they are missing like their number second or the second best player or some shit. So I was I, like, oh, maybe. I'm Man, not sure. Like Pablo those, like, Torre uh, on Around the Horn picked them as the most likely uh, number one seed to lose. So, you know. Oh, well. Uh, I mean, I'd rather play them than fucking Gonzaga or Arizona or uh, what was the other one? Kansas. So. Yeah. I'll so, take it. Skip ahead a little bit. Who do you have in your final four? Um, I have uh, Gonzaga. Okay. Same. Kentucky. Okay. Coming out of the South. Arizona. And Providence. I have oh, Providence. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Playing in Wisconsin in the last one and winning and making it to the final four. That's the one that I'm like, all right. <laughs> you like, like you felt like you looked at each pick individually and you're like, I could see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you got to the end, you're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, what have I done? Saying, let, me, let me let me go back to. Hold on, I'm fixing my headset. Oh, um, let me go back to like how I got there because I was like, um, I was like, oh yeah, well this team can you know Wisconsin can be. Auburn, okay, okay. And I think Providence can beat Kansas, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the matchup, you're like, wait, Wisconsin and Providence. I was like, well, Providence, I think, are just pretty good this year. I mean, all right, sure, let's go. <laughs> you know, it, it, like you said, it's like, 
you go like ding 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 ding, and then before you know it, you're like, wait, I picked two shitty teams to play each other. <laughs> what have I done? Not, or not shitty teams, but just like I could see Wisconsin beating Auburn, right? And right. I can see Providence pulling off the opposite against Kansas because Kentucky fucked them up earlier this year. And then before you know it, you go, oh shit, what have I done? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my final four is Gonzaga, UCLA, mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. Villanova, and Kansas. Oh, okay. Okay. I've seen a lot of people pick Nova. Yeah, I don't know. Like, again, very little basketball knowledge, but like. At a certain point, I kind of just start to go with, like, what schools have been performing well, and then just, you know, mm-hmm. hoping they keep it up. Um, and obviously, they have to a certain degree, right, to be the number two seed. So, yeah. um, you know, I just chose, so the, that's my final four, and then coming out of the final four, I have Gonzaga and Villanova, with Gonzaga winning 75-64. Okay, okay. I have uh, Gonzaga as well, mm-hmm. but I have Arizona coming out. Of the okay. other side. And then I have Arizona winning 78-74. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, we'll see what happens. I feel much more confident in yours than mine. Uh, <laughs> without having seen... You said you have Providence in the Final Four, and I'm like, I trust him more than me. Cause no, I mean, <laughs> like I said, it's just because I was like, like I was picking them, and like before, like I said, you know, I go ding, 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 you know, because ESPN, you, you yeah. don't really look at it at a bracket. You sort of go pick down the line, and then before you know it, you got to like scroll to the right to see the next batch. Yeah. And so I was just going to the line, like ding, ding, well, that one, that one could happen, that one could happen. Okay, ding, ding. And then when I scrolled over, I was like, wait, oh, fuck, I got to pick between Wisconsin <laughs> and Providence. So I was like, well, like, I guess I I'm... It. Um, yeah. If there was money on this, I'd probably go back. But uh, this is this is where I've been taking myself. Yeah, yeah. And like Providence, I was like looking at the like you said, like the little infographic thing, and they, you know, they beat Texas Tech was pretty good. They beat UConn, which was in the tournament. They beat Wisconsin, which is also in the tournament. So like, I was like, well, I mean, like, I guess you <laughs> know, like, so we'll see and. And apparently Providence lost to Marquette, so now I'm like, oh no. <laughs> what have I done? What have um, I done? Oh no. But, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the other bracket is pretty much the same, except North Carolina's in the place of uh, uh, Kentucky. Good deal. Uh, and, you know, they make the... So, the, so the, who is North Carolina playing in the championship game? Arizona? Uh, Gonzaga. No, Gonzaga. no, 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 Gonzaga. No, uh, Arizona, yeah, Arizona. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, come again. And then winning like 150 to like 35. No, I mean for that one I always keep it close. I I'm always, yeah, I keep it like 71 to 70 just because I, I'm like, you know, they're gonna win in a buzzer beater at the last second. It's gonna be like, um, you know, like fucking 2014 UConn. I was looking at, um, it's kind of crazy because you know you kind of assume that the, um, uh, like that the the the, the seeds kind of go down not the reverse exponentially you kind of assume that they go down like linearly right like they kind of go like well you know number one has won this many times number two seed has won you know just slightly yeah. less fewer times and stuff and so on and so forth but then um college basketball <clears throat> the fo- the um on fox put out this post on instagram which pretty much said you know like the the best tournament finishes by seed in the tournament you know, so if you're the number one seed, you're the champion, or you've been the champion 25 times. You're like, okay, right. cool. And then you go, 20, you go, but then you think, oh, the two seed must be probably like 15, right? And then three, like 10, and then so on. But the number two seed has been champion seven times. Damn. And then the number three seed has been champ five times. And then the number four seed has been champ one time. 
Okay. And then five, three, six, two, and then seven, one, and then eight once. And then after that, it's nothing. There is no champion. So pretty much, if you are an eight seed or, or if you're an eight seed or higher, you have a, a chance. If you're nine or lower, you don't have a chance at all for a championship. And pretty much after seed number three, you don't have a chance at all. Right. It, it, after seed three, it's luck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're in. You're in the game, but you're you're still just hoping for a lot of things to break your way. Mm-hmm. You pretty much have to go like like number seed number five. The, the most recently was a runner up, and that was Butler in 2010. As a five seed, so you pretty much have to go on like a mini Cinderella run as a five seed, which is like a pretty high seed. Right. So I looked at that post and I was like, "Fuck, man, that's <laughs> nuts. That's crazy." I because like I said, I thought it would be more, more linearly or more, you know, like slowly, not literally just a fucking dive off a cliff in terms of what you can expect. Right. Yeah, that is odd for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, but that's why it's called. March Madness. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, but um, yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, yeah, let me see. I wonder what the first game is tomorrow. I, I do. Uh, Carolina plays t- tomorrow at 4:30. So, you know, hope by this time tomorrow I'll be like, damn it, they fucking blew it. <laughs> or I'll be like, we're moving on <laughs> we're Saturday. <going> <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, definitely, even even without any of the background, like. I haven't watched much college basketball at all this year. Like, it's still just interesting to hear about all the matchups and check all the scores and see, like, the crazy things that happen and what stories pop up. So, um, definitely excited for that. Uh, the last thing we want to touch on sports-related is the NFL season. Uh, uh-huh. Well, off-season. And there's been, a, there's been a few wild things happening. Uh, so, um, I guess in this scenario, uh, we'll start with... Uh, the Cowboys mm-hmm. signing and then subsequently losing Randy Gregory. <laughs> yes, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. We so, that happened this week, and they like they're like, oh, he signed him to a deal, seventy mils. All right, cool, yeah, that, that works. Let's do it. And then like twenty minutes later, there was like a tweet that was like, nope, they mm-hmm. fucking lost him, and now he's going to the Broncos. So, the most up to date thing that I've read. Is that the, he was originally going to the Broncos, um, and then Jerry Jones, uh, you know, started campaigning super hard and recruiting him and basically trying to get him to to stay in Dallas, and they had come to terms on that deal, which was basically the same amount of money that Bron- the Broncos had, and then at the last second, mm-hmm. um, I've read that I guess Stephen Jones decided to try and put in some stipulations. I don't know what kind of stipulations. I don't know if it's like play this many games, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have these numbers. And he was like, oh, we didn't talk about that. Fuck this. Like, you guys tried to screw me at the last second. I'm going back to Denver. Um, so that's what I've heard happen. I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know where it came from exactly. Like, I read it, but I don't... The person I read it from obviously got that info somewhere else. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know how that info got out and who sent it out. But that's what I heard. Um, personally, I'm not, I am not super upset about losing that deal. I understand he's put up, it, the weirdest thing is that, like, he hasn't even put up good numbers. Um, he just has put up good grades. Like, like uh, other team, like, PFF has said he's played very well, but, like, I think they said the most sacks he's had in the season is six. Yeah. Um, which, of course, he misses a lot of games because he's always suspended. 
but still, that's like very low. Um, and then also, just deep down in my heart from the playoffs, my man just lines up in the neutral zone every other play. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, how are you? <clears throat> Bro, you're in the NFL. You know where the neutral zone starts and where you can line up. And, like, it, he had to be responsible for, like, legitimately, like, I feel like five penalties easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's just like fuck, man. Because every time, whatever sack you get, you line up in the neutral zone. They fucking move forward and, you know, they get they get a better situation. It's a less tight spot, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's it's annoying to say the least. Um, so, you know, we, we lose what might be a good edge rusher. But, you know, if with the amount of penalties he's caused, I'm not super distraught over it. I feel like seventy million was overpaying a little bit. I mean, I know you kind of always have to overpay for premium positions. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like there's got to be uh, a better option. You know what I mean? Whether we're talking value in terms of the draft, like how much you have to pay him versus what production you get, or just in free agency, there's, there's got to be just a better situation. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, hopefully, yeah, they 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 they're just gonna have to nail. You know, free agency, whether it's with another wide receiver and with somebody to replace Gregory, because they, you know, Von Miller today signed with the Bills, and so they yeah. missed out on him. I, what I'm trying to figure out, all right, again, I, I'm not a fucking NFL GM, but that deal was for six years. That man will be 38. You are paying an edge rusher to play mm-hmm. till he's 38. That is what very, are you talking about? <laughs> especially, con- especially considering that. You know, when he left the Broncos before this past season, it was like, not that he was washed, but it's like, well... No, I know. thought he was washed. I was like, oh, it's, you know, he's at the end of his, his career. He's just kind of like going... He's doing the NBA thing, right? He's yeah. going to get somewhere where he can get a ring, and he's playing... He's doing what DeMarcus Ware did when Von Miller was in Denver, right? Like, right, right. Like, I'm, a, I'm an all-time pass rusher. I've still got the skill. I just don't necessarily have the juice for when I'm getting double-teamed every fucking play. You can take some of that off of me, and I'll just fucking, you know, beat my guy one-on-one because I can. And, like, that's what I thought he was coming to L.A. for, right? He's like, Aaron Donald, you know, you're the focus, but I'm still good, so I can just, you know what I mean? I can use this lack of attention to my benefit. But then he went and signed for six more years. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is happening? That's, yeah, that, to me, that, that's crazy. I mean, he's not a quarterback. Like, what is... <laughs> right, there's going to be some sort of, like... Usually when they get him that long, I'm like, all right, there's, like, some hidden... Yeah, they're like, all right, team. look, this much is guaranteed, but, like, if we... If you, like, we let you go or you retire fucking three years in, then it's just, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially because, like... You know, they do that with wide receivers, too. Like, I remember when T.O. signed his, like, you know, four-year, 60-mil deal. And he's like, all right, we're going to be here forever. And then he literally, he literally got cut, like, the next off season. <laughs> and then I remember, I think, last year or, like, early last year or mid-last year, they did the Amari Cooper deal. And then for 100 mil. And so I got, I was like, all right, cool. He'll be there for a while. But we're going to be set with Amari Cooper. And then they just traded him now, right? So it's like, right. you know, none, none of these, I mean, I know he'll probably still get his money when he goes to, you know, with the Browns. But it's like, none of this means anything in terms of, like, expecting a player to still be there. Like, if you, if I was a betting man, I'd be like, Von Miller's gone after two more years. Just right. today, Julio Jones got released and they traded, like, I don't want to see a shit ton for him. But they've traded at least some picks for him, right? And then right. after less than a year of being on the team, he's gone. So... Yeah, and uh, we were—I was—we were 
in in our group chat for our fantasy football, we were kind of ragging on. Uh, I guess not ragging on, but like we were talking about how Mark Cooper is going to be stuck with Baker Mayfield. Uh, that does not seem to be the case anymore. Uh, no, he's, he's I don't think way. they have a quarterback figured out, but they're like, eh, it's not Baker. <laughs> yeah, because he he tweeted out like some sort of paragraph last time last night where he was like, I I love my time with Cleveland, but nothing for the best. And people were like, dude, nobody's even said you're going anywhere. What's what is this? Yeah, I guess uh, like Cleveland has been outwardly going after Deshaun Watson, so I guess Baker Mayfield's like, fuck this place at that point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so there's a lot going on, and like I feel like this is a pretty eventful. Um, this one feels like an NBA offseason, right? Like mm-hmm. where like a bunch of big shits just getting moved around, and yeah. like everyone seems to be going for it for a certain yeah. degree, right? And and um, what's his name? Um, Mitch Trubisky, he signed with the Steelers. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know how that's gonna work, but I mean, fuck it. Yeah, you I, know mean, what I mean, like I would say other he couldn't than... have landed. Well, I take that back. I was about to say he couldn't land in a better spot, but that I don't know that that's true because that team I really I feel like is not great. I really um, don't think that he could have. I mean, I can't imagine a, a place where the expectation for him will be that you know lower. Maybe the you know like if the Bills, like if Josh Allen was hurt, maybe the Bills, um, the Pats, of course, always although they don't have, really have the weapons, but like you know the Steelers think, have a pretty good defense. They have Najee Harris. They just traded him, so just hand it off to him like twenty times a game. Yeah, um, I don't know what Juju. their offensive line looks like, yeah. and Juju hasn't been great. I feel like the since right. Antonio Brown left. Yeah. Um, so they offensively, I don't know how great they are. But uh, my main thought when I said that though was that like you are in like a very stable organization, right? Like, right. Like, yes. Ultimately, mm-hmm. even oh, yeah. For you know what the number one like sign of like oh shit like Mike Mike Tom in this organization like top tier. Mm-hmm. Is that those motherfuckers had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown on a team, and it mm-hmm. was not constantly in shambles. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he lasted so long with them. No, yeah, I totally agree. I think, yeah, I think it's the best spot for him. Like, if he was, if he like, well, what's his a team that's like, like the Texans? Like, if he had somehow been in a four-team trade for Deshaun Watson, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I would be like, dude. I'm so sorry because it's like a new coach, new system. You have to retrust the city and all this other bullshit. But right, yeah. So yeah, I, like I, I don't know that the team is the best situation, but I feel like if you're, if you're going, if you're Mitch Trubisky going in, you have to feel pretty good about it, right? You've yeah. got fucking Mike Tomlin, the guy who was there right before you was fucking struggling. Um, I mean, yeah, at least your arm isn't shot and you you don't fall over when you do like a. Five steps. Take three steps. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I mean, like at any point that like Steelers fans, unless he's awful, Steelers fans are gonna be like, all right, like you know, it's better than what was going on. Um, And there wasn't much out there for them to get. Also, so it's not like one of those things where Steelers fans are gonna be like, we could have got so and so, and we got stuck with Mitch Trubisky. Like, right? Mitch Trubisky was like legitimately probably the best option at quarterback out, and it's like without. Yeah, without having to give anything up too, because I feel like oh, yeah. anything else you would have traded. But at least this, I mean, you, I mean, you have to pay the man, right? But it's like you didn't have to give I mean, up. I take Mitch Trubisky. Uh, all right, boy, this is about to be a hot take. But like, I would take the prospect of Mitch Trubisky mm. over Carson Wentz. Like knowing that mm. you're gonna have to pay Carson Wentz a ton. Oh, right, right, right. Because right. I think they got him for two years, fourteen, and I think that's just like maybe half of what Carson's getting paid for one year, or maybe right. two, two thirds like, of what he's getting paid. Yeah. Like we know Carson Wentz is not 
good. You know what I mean? Like, we've seen him be not good more than one place. Mitch Trubisky got, you know, whether he's good or not, I feel like I've seen some, you know, I've, I've seen people break down some film where he just makes objectively bad decisions, like, yeah, more often than he should, for sure. But, like, at the end of the day, it's also, it was fucking, what, the Bears and Matt Nagy, who's terrible. I don't yeah. understand how Matt Nagy keeps getting jobs. But I mean, the man went. Had, I think he ended up with a winning record with Matt Nagy as a coach. So it's like he clearly was doing something right. Right, exactly. So um, that'll be exciting to see. I'm actually excited. As much as I was shitting on Mitch Trubisky, basically, I feel like since this podcast started, uh, like I, I don't dislike him. So if he ends up in a situation where he does perform well, it'll mm-hmm. definitely be interesting. No, yeah, um, yeah, and I'm glad he got another chance because, like I said, you know, when he left the Bears and they were like, he signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills to be a backup. I was like, ah, oh, dude, like already, you know, because usually, due to or drafted that high, even if they don't make it in the first one, people go, well, there must have been something there. Let's give him another chance for a starting role. But the fact that he literally went from there to a backup, I was like, ah, oh, dude, like, yeah, I can't believe he already fell off. But that quickly, but I think you know, I, th- I, I think the good, I think Buffalo doing really, really well. And he could be like, I learned, you know, in a good organization. I think if they had been in a shit organization, nobody takes him to look. But they go, oh, well, you know, he was there for a year. And they made it to the divisional round. And they almost, you know, they should have made it to the AFC championship. Like, there must be a good culture there. He must have learned something, right? Yeah. Um, and also, I don't feel like anybody's him. ever spoken poorly of Mr. Bisky. You know what I mean? I right. feel like he's just gone and done his business and been there. Whether mm-hmm. he's back up or, like, you know what I mean? they He, I feel like when they signed Mr. Bisky, everyone was like, huh? And mm-hmm. but like it never turned into a story at all, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, granted, I'm sure that's because Josh Allen's balling out of control, but still, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm excited. The only other quarterback I can think of off the top of my head uh, that made big news so far is Tom Brady coming out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that dude was God. One of his sons was like, I don't feel great about you kissing me on the mouth anymore. And he was like, fuck it, I'm going back. To fuck it. <laughs> I don't want to give you kisses either. Kind of reverse, reverse psychology of his son. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I was like, so I saw the news um, Sunday. We were out for some drinks. And then I'm just like, we're, we're walking back to the car. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to go back home, make dinner. And then I saw a tweet that was like, can't believe, you know, Brady, something about Brady, like, it's going to be a, a new NFL or, like, something, like, back – something about being, like, very vague. And I was like, wait, what? Did this motherfucker – and so then I went to ESPN and it was, like, on the banner. It was, like, Tom Brady announces unretirement. And I was like, oh, what? Like, it's been, like, a month. Like <laughs> – You made such a big deal out of it. Adam Schefter was like, he's retiring. And then he was like, I'm not retiring. A week later, he's like, I am retiring. Fucking three weeks later. I'm coming out of retirement. Like, what the yeah. fuck is going on? I remember it's the weirdest thing is I saw a video of him talking to Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh-huh. And, like, he he's like, so you're done? Like, Ronaldo says, like, so you're done or whatever. And Brady does, like, the, like, you know what I mean? I don't know how do you describe that face, but, like, you mm-hmm. fucking, like you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't and know, then, Jim. Like, yeah, and then two days later, it's fucking like he's out of retirement. He had to have already known, right? Like he was like, "I'm coming out." Of, fuck out. Like, when he asked him that question, he's like, "I'm coming out of retirement," but I can't say it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's I just, why, bro. Like, what? How many more records can your records break? Like, dude, he's gonna put doing? him so far out of reach for anybody. Um, 
let me see. Uh, I was gonna say something about him coming back. Yeah, but yeah, like, dude, the record's gonna be just nuts. And I mean, like, it looks like they're bringing back some players that maybe were gonna leave or had thought about retiring. Um, they just, I uh, just got a ESPN notification thingy where um, Chris Godwin, you know, the, the wide receiver yeah. that tore his ACL, he just signed the sixty mil deal with them, so he's staying there. Uh, Mike Evans is still fucking awesome. I mean, Antonio Brown's gone. I don't know if Gronk will come back or not, but, you know, they'll have other weapons. They have Gio Bernard still. I mean, in the offense, I mean, they almost beat the Rams, right? They were right there. They almost came back, right? Yeah. So, I think, I don't know. I, 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 you know, the man was first in the NFL in a bunch of shit. I'm pretty sure he was number two in MVP voting. And we talked about this when we had the episode about him. Like, I can't imagine him dropping off like precipitously like that bad like going from this to like 1500 yards 20 and 20 mm-hmm. so even a down year would be you know 4000 yards 30 touchdowns and 10 picks but even that that sounds pretty good right for yeah. for a guy who's going to be 45 or 44 so um i mean i'm excited that he's back you know but it, it it's cool to, to to like we said when he retired at a certain point you go from hating the man to being like i'm just glad to be like alive and here now watching this so i can you know tell kids or grandkids be like when i was alive you know this man kissed kids and then he came in the <laughs> super bowls and stuff you know so this um, man was so popular that he came out kissing his kids on the mouth and nobody kicked. nobody said whoa that was i mean we did say that was weird but yeah we, we were really... like that's weird but we were, i feel like we we're just a very vocal minority right <laughs> <laughs> um but just for reference by the end of the season he will be 45 years old uh, Rob Gronkowski, who has also already come out of retirement once, will be 12 years younger than that. <laughs> Jesus. He is two years older than Drew Brees. <laughs> like, what Jeez. the fuck, bro? And um, somebody, I saw a tweet that was saying that he is, he was drafted before Sam Howell was born. And Sam Howell's one of the quarterback prospects for this draft this year. So by the time that Sam gets drafted and goes, if they end up playing him, he will literally his career will be older than the quarterback that is starting opposite. That's bananas. Yeah, yeah, he's out of control. Uh, what do you <laughs> like? You just gotta like hang it up at some point. Like I know I, we literally two minutes ago we're like you know we're just at this point we're like just happy to be here to see it, but yeah. like also come on, dude, like. It would waited be crazy. so long to retire, and then immediately, like, ah, fuck this. Like, it would be crazy if he got one more out of it. Like, just so one if more. He, if he wins a championship this year, and then retires again, it, you cannot... You can't unretire. Uh, well, first of all, yes, you definitely cannot unretire. But if you're, like... Can you come up with a better way to end your career? Like, to retire, what? Well, you know, one year removed from a Super Bowl. And then just be like, yeah. all right, I think I'm good. And just retire. And then come back and actually win one more and then go back. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, the, it'd be like if fucking Michael Jordan with the Wizards won the NBA championship. You'd right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's obnoxious. Um, get this man all the way out of here. He, he needs to just. Yeah. On the other hand, it will be hilarious if he does, like, if he just looks so old, right? Like, like yeah. if there, if that precipitous drop does happen, uh, 
Like he he would never hear the end of it, right? He's like, oh no, you should have stayed in retirement, old man. Like, and I think if that does happen, he will. I think just tire four weeks through. through the season. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, I'm not where I. You know. He's gonna be running I mean, through the. He's gonna be running through the field with his <laughs> yanking his jersey off, throwing in the yeah. like Antonio Brown. <laughs> like, I think fuck he's this, I'm out. I think he'd be more like Roy Williams than Coach K. Where he'd be like, you know what? I'm not the man for the job anymore. Later, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. He's not going to be like, I have to make it to week 17. I have to get my plaque from the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you know? I have good to make sure I lose my last game in New England. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so that's that's the NFL news. A um, mm-hmm. lot of shit going on. But, uh, but yeah, um, that's where we're at. Do you have any mm-hmm. other any other sports news you can think of off the top of your head? Um, no, that was it. I'm excited to watch the games tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll have some reactions next week. And um, I think free agency for the NFL, like, they can start signing now? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, today, the 16th, March 16th, a little peek behind the curtain as to when we're recording. But, yeah, March 16th is, like, the official start of the quote-quote, like, new year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people can start stuff. And, yeah, dude, I'm excited. You know, it's exciting to, to you know. After March Madness ends, we'll have the NBA playoffs, so we're like we're right back in it. And mm-hmm. hey, hey, baseball's back, you guys. Baseball, yeah, I was gonna anybody? say that earlier, but what's funny? Because I'm pretty sure I heard baseball's back, and I was gonna say it, but I was like, but I'm gonna look is real it? fucking stupid. I, I think if it, it is. isn't, uh, 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 yeah, I was, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna look I, real fucking stupid if I was wrong. Um, I think it is. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that like it got soft, settled. Um, things are not looking uh, as grim as they once were. So yeah, baseball. Um, but yeah, um, that's the that's the episode for this week. Uh, if you want to catch me, you can catch me at T Money Bags on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. You can catch the podcast directly at DifferentAnimalsPodcast at gmail dot com or at DifferentAnimalsPod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, as usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later, peace. <laughs>